welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. I'm David James from Loop, and each episode I chat with guests about what lights them up in the world of people development. In this episode, I'm speaking with Simon Gibson, an experienced and esteemed learning OD and talent leader about really addressing skills gaps. But before we get into it, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating on your podcast app of choice, and that will help others to find us. And thank you if you've done so already. Now, let's get into it. Simon, welcome back to the Learning and Development Podcast. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Now, you're very much interested in the skills gap and its impact on organisations and economies. What are you seeing that's causing you concern? Uh, well, uh, well, <laughs> big, big, big place to start. Uh, I, I suppose what's causing me concern at the moment is twofold. One is, uh, you know, a growing noise across high level macroeconomics. And, and mm. I can talk to that and we can talk to that shortly of, you know, there is a skill shortage, not just in our own country, not just in Europe, but globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, you can then, you know, from a business sense, it it's, makes a lot of sense to me. You can then say, well, we can't just go out and recruit all these people to make our business successful. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to grow some. Um, and, and then the other side is, is just the impact of our learning profession, some of the technologies that it's not answering the exam question. If that's the big exam question, right? Mm. We've gone off and answered a completely different question. Um, and so, so, yeah, hopefully we get to talk a bit about that today. Yeah, we, we certainly will. I'd say I'd certainly say the effort so far would have been a big fail. <laughs> like, like, it was an exam question. Yeah, must try harder. Yeah, try harder. Yeah. Um, now, this situation with regards to skills has been building for a while now, and yet so little progress seems to be made. Is it because few are really taking charge of addressing it? Uh, quick answer yes mm. right uh, and you know i go back to what i said at the start and you, you can find lots of this research and we'll probably reference lots of it throughout this chat world economic forum uk reports microsoft's just done an interesting report uh, i just found one before talking to you actually uh, cbi and mckenzie just before covid now and mm. again you know i don't want to get sucked into a big covid debate but interestingly there's lots of connecting narratives around well, what have people been doing for the last 10 11 12 months when they couldn't go and do all these regular learning interventions. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we will carry on. We will carry on. <laughs> um, now, this is, <laughs> this is a loaded, if not uh, um, um, a, a question, I think is, is cuts to the heart a bit. To what extent is the rhetoric, we'll invest more in training, in inverted commas, part of the problem? Yeah, right. I'm, you know, I'm doing well to sit on my hands, aren't I? Right? Not get too, <laughs> Put too, the boxing gloves on, Simon. <laughs> yeah, too, too, too wound up. Right. So, so again, let's let's pick pick some of that apart. Mm. Training and learning are very different things, mm. right? We know everybody. This is no no disrespect to anybody that works in a teaching, stand up, lecture type environment, but that mm. we're creating a flawed system through our own education, and, and most education institutions. Um, as you get older and leave school, that then it seems business or personally you have to pick up, right? Mm. So you're taught at school, you know, what does this mean in a, in a metric table? What's that mean in multiplication? What you're not taught is how to apply. Let's use coding as an example. What, what language do we code in? We, we, everybody codes in the same language. It's, it's English, but it's mm. not because it's English. They code in the same coding language. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's growing faster than we can upskill. So investing in training and maintaining this status quo of, you know, you're a learning professional, in inverted commas, you do good stuff, in inverted commas. I like David, so I'm going to go back to him and say, can I have some more of your good stuff? Mm. In my experience, in what I'm seeing and hearing and feeling, is not addressing a skills gap. It's just keeping a nice chat going in it <laughs> broadly that says, well, you do some good stuff. That makes me feel good. This is old world, right? Uh, you know, in terms of pre-COVID, makes me feel good. Lo and behold, look at some of the macro numbers around unemployment. Look at mm. some of the macro numbers around youth unemployment, kind of 16 to 24-year-old. Look at the technical challenges we have and businesses have had, <laughs> mm. ironically, being digitised, moving to automation, moving online. Mo moving online? What? That just <laughs> sounds very 1980s, doesn't it? Right? But it's still happening today. Why? Because businesses teams that work in those businesses haven't invested, haven't grown, haven't developed, haven't tried mm. the right skills and capabilities. Yeah. And so, and so much of it for me smacks of infrastructure problems. Uh, you know, it, it really struck me in, uh, uh, that David Cameron, so previous prime minister in the UK uh, would often say, we're investing in training. We've got this, pro we're going to invest in training. And he always used to drive me bonkers and thinking, what specifically do you mean here? If we're talking about sending people on training courses here, it just seems like a, um, a very um, easy solution that everybody kind of gets their head around to poorly defined problems that, you know, if these people aren't working and they don't have the skills, well, give them training. I just, yeah. It just really grates me because not only does it, does it remain in that language at a, at a governmental level, I think it enters organisations at that level for which learning and development there, are, you know, we always talk about us being the order takers. Um, sometimes we are the, uh, um, the, um, the masters of our, our downfall here by, uh, by, by positioning this, you know, these solutions to, uh, to these complex problems um, ourselves. But if I can just stick with the, with the UK, and I know this uh, only accounts for half of the listenership of the podcast, but um you know, I've, I've done some reading as far as the, the skills gaps concerned more broadly, as, as you have. And it's been recognised in a report published by the Industrial Strategy Council called, uh, the report itself is called uh, UK Skills Mismatch in 2030. Um, uh, I'll post a link to, to it in the show notes. It's highlighted that uh, there are four key areas to the skills gap. So five million workers could become acutely underskilled in basic digital skills by 2030. 2.1 million workers are likely to be acutely underskilled in at least one core management skill, so leadership, decision making, or advanced communication, uh, of which 400,000 of those um, uh, managers um, are also likely uh, to be acutely underskilled in basic digital. So, so it seems there seems to be some themes here. Um, with 1.5 million workers likely to be acutely underskilled in at least one STEM. Um, workplace skill so you know we're talking science technology engineering maths and perhaps most disturbingly 800,000 workers are likely to face an acute sh uh, shortage in teaching and training skills so the ability of those in the working environment to upskill others this underskilling as the report states needs to be addressed or the delivery of broad-based broad reskilling efforts are likely to be significantly hampered should we in L&D be alarmed by this, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going I'm to have to say a big fat yes, aren't I? Right. So, so I'll, I'll build on your point of, of, of the research and some scary numbers. Mm. The, the, just to put it into the UK context, we've been bouncing around for probably the last 10 years, approximately 12 million people. I would probably argue it's bigger, but let's stick with the 12 million people need significant reskilling in a role mm. uh, in the not too distant future. We've had what approximately a million people made redundant in this country in the last 12 months. We've mm. got two point something million uh, not in education or training uh, you know, 16 to 24 year olds, we've got record levels of people on unemployment benefits in the mm -hmm. millions. Massive opportunity for reskilling, right? And, and, yeah. and changing what we do, we, you know, we, we've got another headwind of Brexit. We've got an interesting dynamic with uh, a new US president. It, this isn't a political podcast, mm. by the way. <laughs> no, no, but, but there, there are macro... Um, um, massive... Yeah impacts on our economy and, and and so should we be worried i'm like yeah you know i've been on forums recently where we're talking about the technologies that you and i are talking on now mm. i don't profess to be an expert on the technology of, of how to use video conferencing how it might work i, I can get around it i can use it mm. there's many many people that are struggling with this tech. it's 20 years old mm. right it's 20 years old as a profession, as a learning profession, we have turned the other way. We have followed the classroom model, massive generalization, you know, and kind of gone, that's not going to work for us. We need to be face to face. We need to do this stuff. Now, again, I'm not here to argue about the mode. What I'm saying is I'm worried about our skill, our own skill and capability. When I say us, our, the learning profession, to use these multi-mode, multi-format, things in a way that will help business macro yeah. business whether you're a charity not-for-profit commercial entity FTSE listed fortune whatever I don't care right you've got to be doing something that impacts your business yeah. and using those modes and again you're referencing research that's what coming up to nearly 10 years old now right mm. now we, we, again we're going to talk about others that bring it much more up to date it's not a new problem, right? It's like it's like <laughs> it's like it's been in the room the entire time, and everybody's gone, "What problem?" Right? Yeah, yeah. Someone else, someone else can deal with that. I, I'll come back to your research, right? Again, mm. earlier, we, you know, we created the lev the the apprenticeship levy in the United Kingdom to help with training, right? Yeah. I'm doing bunny ears for anybody that could have seen this <laughs> training. Uh, it's got two million pound in it, unspent. Mm. Two, sorry, two billion pounds unspent that could be used to upskill people. Now, interestingly, as you and I know, most of those programs are 12 to 18 months long. This isn't yeah. pop along, have a chat for a few hours, a few days. This is learn something, apply it, come back, <laughs> test, <laughs> prove, you know, some complexities in it. Again, we're not here to, you know, dig out the apprenticeship fund, but it's another medium. There's still businesses today that aren't using all the avenues all the things that are open to them mm. to change how they skill and develop their people. And, and maybe whisper it quietly. I mean, I answered your question. We're part of the problem. Yeah. You're a big part of the problem somewhere, somewhere within that 800,000 people, we can split out the teachers and the trainers, but what it comes down to is this is broad based reskilling efforts for business, you know? Um, now you, you mentioned there about, um, you know, we, we've, we've preferred, 
uh, classroom for uh, for a great deal of that time. Um, that's not to say that uh, that we've not tried to address the skills gap, but it's a it's a personal beef that I have that it's deemed that buying an LXP filled with content will address the skills gap. And why wouldn't it? The procurement and launch of platforms gets L&D a lot of credit in organizations. But haven't we got to admit that platforms and content aren't solutions, but they're only tools that in the hands of teams who don't invest in, say, analysis and how to address the actual problems within their organizations, then they're just an expensive waste of time and money, aren't they? Completely, right? Completely. Style style over substance. Mm. Again, you know, back, back to my point before, I don't care what platform your organization uses. I don't care what mode they feel is appropriate. You know, I don't care what they feel we're culturally ready for or not. Interesting, I had a conversation this morning. You know, everybody says, oh, yeah, but we're not culturally ready for this and we're a bit different and we're a bit challenged. I'm like, who's got a mobile phone? Yeah. How, yeah. how many people are, oh, but they don't want to use it for work? I'm like, oh, right. So they just use it to control their own finances, book a holiday when you can book a holiday, order food, get other things, play games. They let third parties that they don't know access all the data about them mm-hmm. and create a profile or persona that you don't really realise, but they won't do that in work. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't think it is. Uh, no, 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 no. I think we, we, you know, we, are, we like government, mm. have fallen very, very far behind the pace of technology. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, somebody can come along with a flashy system that's all bells and whistles and looking amazing. And you go, that's it. That's exactly what we need. Yeah. But, you know, I'll keep going back to my point at the start. If that's not your exam question, I'm like, so how's that going to help us upskill quicker, faster? What's the commercial impact of us buying that? What's actually, what is the cost of us? What's the fully loaded cost of us doing that? If you've got thousands of employees who have to spend thousands of hours every month on your system, typing something in, recording something, I think their time would be better spent, wouldn't it? Probably probably doing their job. (laughs) And I know there's lots of variance in that continuum. I know there's many, many, many differences that people would argue. But yeah, coming along with a nice swishy catalogue, right, that happens to be digitised, I, I don't think it's going to solve anything. It's going to create more problems, if anything. Yeah. Well, it usually only solves the problem that we don't have any online content. That's the only problem it seems to solve, because if you haven't done the analysis, then you don't know what the real problems are. I, I remember speaking to uh, to somebody uh, a senior in L&D once who just said to me, yeah, our people don't like online learning. And I just replied, no, they don't like your online learning. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to it. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's, there's no reticence. As you said, everybody's Googling. When, when, they, when the company Wi-Fi goes down and if people need help, they'll get out of their phone and then they'll, they'll look for the, you know, the problem. I mean, pretty, people are, are pretty well resourceful uh, like this. But if they are resisting your animated, gamified, facile, you know, e-learning, there's, there's going to be good reason. I always go like look back to um, uh, what was it? it? Must have been about ten years ago. Uh, Simon, where's interactive video now? You know that was all the rage. Speed people spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on interactive video back then. You know, we, we thought that was the answer. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's by the wayside now, and people are investing in the next novel thing. But but it goes back to your your point before. We've gone down a path of yeah, you know, we want this, we want this because this provides us the opportunity to give all of this stuff. When it comes down to, what's the exam question again? Yeah, it's not it's not stuff. No, 
you get, you're getting lost because, it, yeah, and again, it's interesting, right? Because, again, your argument could be, and the audience might come back and tell us this, you know, the argument could be, it's all about the experience, Simon, right? David, you're wrong. <laughs> it's the experience. It has to be a rich, rich experience. Right, it could be for your organisation. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> what what was your exam question again? Was it mm. if, if your exam question was to create rich experiences, I'm like, okay, there's a million ways to do that. Yeah. Again, you don't have to be proficient in all of them. You've just got to be able to ask the right question mm. if we're talking about skills and capabilities i'm pretty sure you can't fix that in seven minutes online with your interactive video <laughs> no, no no that's right without without actually doing the analysis to find right. out what it is that people people are trying to do and because let's come back right back to this because you know um it's easy for anybody who's uh um who's gone for a jog or like or, or gone to take the dogs for walking dead and thought oh yeah this is this is that h uh, the lnd bashing podcast let's take <laughs> this right back there is there is a very real and very urgent skills gap that's being experienced globally. Um, so what do organisations and L&D teams need to do to actually address the skills gaps that they're experiencing either now in their organisations or perhaps uh, are industry-wide with, uh, with, uh, within any particular field? Yeah, uh, look, 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 again, I, I've, got, I've got a view. I'm always happy to be challenged and, mm. and, and, and talk about it further. But to me, it's quite simple. And, and, and the first point is, you know, understand your own value chain. How does your business thing make money, make things, deliver services, understand what the pain points are and, and work out how you're addressing those? And that's kind of today's activity, isn't it? This is how we make money today. You know, we yeah. take something from A, we apply this, this and this and this and we sell it at B. Great. Somewhere along that line, I would expect a huge percentage of your current activity to be going, we're helping here, we're helping here. We're helping here because the insight that we've got, the connections that we've got is that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. That's one area. Second area. And, you know, we can explore both of these. The second area is, and where are you going? Right. Mm. Your strategy in inverted commas says we're going to get here by 2025. We're going to get here by 2020. Do you know, could you articulate your role in connection to where that business is going? Because if not, if you're not doing one of those two things, I'm, I'm, I don't know why. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you're using. I don't care what technology you own. I don't care how big your team is, how much money you spend. It's a quick stat for you, right? So mm. according to this CBI research that I found just before we came on, approximately, we're spending approximately £44 billion, pounds, pounds not dollars, not euros, mm. pounds a year on L&D, Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> where's that gone? Yeah. What, what is the return? Wonderful, wonderful. You. What is the impact of that? What is the outcome that we have delivered for that spend year on year? Yeah. Not the hours of training. Nope. Not the satisfaction. Nope. No, that, you know, not the, not the, the passing of quizzes. Nope. Not the NPS. Nope. You, you are talking about in terms of what an organization in, requires in terms of performance so the way the work is done the yeah. results that 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 then delivers and yeah. shoring up its pipeline of skilled people to to be able to perform and gets results tomorrow yeah what is the return on that yeah i bet you there's a great big i don't know at the yeah. end of that oh, it's flatline right the boom. yeah <laughs> Isn't that, i'm gonna keep going because it, yeah. it gets me frustrated so piece of research from microsoft and again we can share it 
uh, at the end says, mm -hmm. yes, 69% of business leaders know that their organization is facing a business skills gap. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you haven't got the skills and capability to get to my point on your strategy. Mm. You know, you can't go out to market and go and recruit them. Have you got some sort of magic pill you're going to give everybody yeah. or? <laughs> you're going to sack everyone. You're going to, yeah, you're going to rehire every, all your staff. Have you you've got a lot of lottery tickets that we don't know about? <laughs> I don't. Oh yeah. wait a minute, that's us. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's us right now. Yeah, this yeah. is this is. You've got a team in your in your organisations that 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 does this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, I I think what it comes down to, Simon, is how urgently an organisation recognises it needs to do something. So there'll be plenty of organisations who think they have to do something, but they don't do the kind of planning required to know. So, you know, you're talking about your 69% of execs, they'll probably go, oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah we, we don't have the skills, but perhaps they don't know to fully to what extent uh, that they, uh, um, that they, that they do what, what the, the, the depth and the, uh, what they, what that skills gap actually is and because they don't know, and there's no planning required. So, any solution will actually do. And I call it solution with your bunny ears, if, uh, if you don't mind me borrowing those. Hmm. But an example of a pressing skills gap is in hospitality. Again, if I can point to the UK as an example here, where the pipeline of skilled and willing um, uh, employees or prospects has been obstructed by Brexit. So the industry is going to have to develop internal talent despite jobs not being that appealing to many UK residents. So it's not about the skill. It's deemed low status. Hospitality a lot of the time is deemed uh, low status. And, and UK residents, generally speaking, aren't willing to put up with those kind of conditions, whereas perhaps it's deemed higher status in other countries. So this is a very this is very real and requires an industry response. Have you worked in organisations that have both that have and haven't recognised the urgency of action required? Yeah, yeah. Both, I mean, both sides. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? So, so to build on your hospitality point, and, and I'll give a real life example as well. Um, you know, hospitality bit, you've got, the hospitality bit, you've got an interesting thing around volume, haven't you, mm -hmm. right? So we've got a perfect storm at the moment, as we said a few moments ago, many, many people now unemployed or finding themselves potentially unemployed, thinking, I can go and do this. Mm. I can go and do X. And, and, and that's interesting in a low, and I mean, I don't mean this in a derogatory way to anyone, but in a low skill job, high volume, you know, can you drive? Yes, you can be a delivery driver, yeah. maybe. Right, uh, you know, as a, as a similar adjacent example. Um, but there's something around whose responsibility is that then to either go and get those skills or what's the driver to go and acquire something else, right? So is it personal? Is it business? Is it government? Is it education? Or oh, there's a bit, there's a bit of a kind of a crossover between all of those things and how that might play out uh, yeah. you know and in organizations i've been in we've always been through it's no no secret i've always been through significant restructures and sadly many people have lost their job um if we connect it to what we're talking about automation ergo is mm. going to reduce high volume manual tasks right yeah. it's, it's pretty simple it's pretty simple. A computer can work a lot faster than we can on certain initiatives, more of those you've got. But what you then need, if you followed my narrative, if you knew you were building out that capability in your organization, you're going to need a different set of people with skills 
and experiences to run, maintain, grow those things. Yeah. I, I've worked most recently in um, uh, kind of distribution environments, right? So mm. automation in a warehouse. Well, so we need less picker and packers, Amazon-esque style, right? But what you do need is somebody that can program the picker yeah. and packer, right? Somebody that can understand the data and the insight, oh, blimey, that we don't stop those things there anymore. Why should we move those things further away? What gets picked fastest? What's on high repeat? What needs to, you know, it has loads yeah. of connotations connected to it, right? And the really interesting thing is, do you know in your organization who's interested in becoming differently skilled and up for being reskilled? Have you got something that can help that? Have you got the support and endorsement to get that through? Otherwise, at some point, you're going to hit a wall. You know, we are living in a very real rough environment. Mm. Take a look outside your organization and business. Things are falling over because they haven't looked that far down the line. Yeah. Now, coming back to your point, the CEO bit of, you know, we know 69% we need these skills. CEO shelf life, the number one job in your company, is getting shorter. Mm. Why is that? Well, because of, you know, if they're listed, they've got to obviously provide quarterly returns. There's high pressure. There's shareholders. I know, but but we kind of know, right? Mm. If I've got into an organization, they say, right, we're into automation. We're going this way. We need 250 people that look like this. At 250, that's a really small number, right? Mm. No way in the world we're going to go and recruit 250 people. Again, you can do the commercial economics on that and what it would cost on average for a person in that type of role recruiter fees, time, et cetera, da, 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 da. you're going to have to invest in them. It's going to take 12 to 18 months. Yeah. CEO shelf life's getting close to less than two years, right? Yeah. It's no surprise to your point, and I'm probably supporting it and then challenging it for us, is that a lot of people can't really get past in our profession. Well, I've got a plan. I've got an, you know, I've got an L&D roadmap. This year yeah. we're going to do leadership training. This training, right? This year, <laughs> <laughs> this year we're going to do these skills. We're going to do some culture stuff. All this is really important. Yeah, but that doesn't matter if you mm. haven't got the people, right, that can do your automated picking and packing in 12, 18 months' time. That's right. When your new facility's being built. Oh, that's but that's recruitment's job, isn't it? And that, <laughs> yeah. It gets stuck. It will break. Things will fall over. Businesses will stop. You, you, you'll be become redundant yourselves. You will talk yourselves out of a job. Yeah. For a cost, what are you doing to help us grow? Nothing. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, what, what we've just discussed is, you know, those numbers, those 800,000, which pick the bones from, uh, from teaching and training. That's not a secret. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're, we're not revealing this for the first time. That report was published in October 2019, again, pre-COVID. But what with um, more remote working and more pressure on supply chains, there is only going to be more digital. There is going to only going to be, and of course, advances in technology. There's only going to be more automation. There's only going to be more um, uh, integration with, uh, with AI technologies. Uh, and so either the learning and development function maintains a calendar of programs and then looks how that might support the strategy. Again, solutions looking for problems uh, or otherwise it flips the model and L&D people look at themselves and say and admit, do you know what? I'm probably not equipped to do much more than run these programs 12 people at a time when, it, when things were face to face and now deliver these shorter webinars. I mean, we have got to look at ourselves and say that isn't actually helping address the skills gap within our organizations. It's literally just keeping the lights on 
<laughs> rather than running any kind of operation, isn't it? Or am yeah. I being harsh? Well, I don't think you are being harsh. We're, look, for a long time, people that know me and people that don't, right, and again, I will happily connect with, talk to anybody outside mm. of this forum afterwards, answer any questions, uh, uh, happy to share experiences, challenges, <laughs> etc. cetera. We, we're, we've been part of the same conspiracy for a long time. We're a part of a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. And, that, and that industry sells technology, sells catalogues of stuff, Think how complex, how complex our learning technology has become just in the last, let's say, five years. Mm. How many vendors could do the same thing for you in terms of uh, uh, capture, record, let's say, and provide access to digital learning for you? Thousands, right? Yes. Thousands. No disrespect to anybody. Thousands. There's some behemoths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some cool, really small, nimble, agile, funky little startups thousands thousands and thousands and thousands right and then it's hard isn't it and this is where it does get to the person level. it's hard isn't it if you've been part of that conspiracy and gone mm, i've had a bit of a light bulb moment i've not really added any value to my organization in the last two x amount of months quarters whatever who, who wants to talk themselves out of a job right now i get it right yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> I get it, but 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 you know we're here. We talk. I talk. I'm, you know, and I'm passionate about our industry. Is but there is an opportunity, and the opportunity is everything is evolving. Your point about you know the skills and data. What if every single day your organisation has more data? Yeah. Every single day. What are you doing with it? Where's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Who's looking at it? Who's not looking at it? Why is that? Does it help somebody do their job? I'm pretty sure it would. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Turn turn those turn those needs that, that you recognise into assumptions, and then go try to prove or disprove that yeah, they are real needs with data. Just yeah. go and have a look. Just go. And, I mean, because I mean, a lot of people do um, confuse uh, digital with just knowing what the what the technology landscape looks like outside. But digital doesn't actually start with that. You you know, it starts with questioning rather than accepting that this is actually a need you know do do your your um your um uh prove disprove go find the data that says that that is an actual problem and then use a more uh, agile uh, approach to working with and for the client well first of all it's data uh, data and evidence based isn't it yeah. then i'll move on to work with and for the client to, to determine what what they are actually experiencing in the context of their performance and sometimes we need to debunk go what's that how they do their job mm. and the results that they get by doing the job that way and whether they need to change that. So, so, so you're working with them for them. And I, I'm you know, this is where the point where people say, um, and I have this all the time, Simon, I'm sure you do as well, where people say, but I have hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of people and they are only looking at things top down, which is, but I, I, I must have a silver bullet that I can drop on everything and it solves all my problems. I need a, uh, an algorithm that can sift through generic content and service this to people top down because otherwise I can't address this. You know, it, it always comes back to, if you don't know what the problem is of the people you're seeking to influence, you have not a hope in hell of addressing it. Your top down plug and play AI driven, this yeah. and the other will not work ever if you don't invest in the analysis at the beginning admit that it might not be a learning problem you might not be able to deliver something or surface something to solve this but unless you know what it is 
you don't have a chance of addressing it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fabulous point, isn't it, right? If you've addressed the wrong exam question, if you're yeah. attacking the wrong problem, in inverted commas, uh, here, here's a solution to a problem you didn't know you had. Yeah. Um, that, that's not our issue. Our issue in this race, and it is a race, skills race, yeah. because other countries will adopt different approaches, will evolve in different ways. I know there's huge investment in the United States. Now, mm -hmm. again, I would argue not to attack anybody. A lot of that is for corporate social responsibility and big, big behemoths to go well, look at what we're doing yeah. for our economy. Do you, do you know, you know, just to give a slight tangent, Amazon has about 10,000 global vacancies at the moment. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's, that's bigger than many, 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 many companies. Yeah. Right? You know, Amazon's worth more than the UK's entire FTSE 100. Yeah. <laughs> one company is worth more than our 100 best. In our, you know, and I'm not saying one's more than, I'm just get commercial about it, get yeah. pointed, understand your own businesses mm. angle. Now, again, there's going to be some tension, right? Because the business's driver might be, let's follow it through. Yeah, we're going to get into automation. We're going to get more data savvy. We're going to need 25% less staff, right? Mm. If you understand that direction of travel, yes, it's hard that you may, you may have to lose 25% of your staff, or it could be that you upskill 25% yeah. of yours, maybe more actually, probably more of your staff. Not all of them are going to stay, but to me, and, you know, back to your question right at the start, the responsibility sits with business, sits with government, sits with education, sits with, you know, the, the kind of not-for-profit sector. And at some, at some moment in time, some very difficult decisions have got to be made. Yeah. And, and if your difficult decision is, you know, should we do our big leadership course or our not-so-big leadership course, I, I got, it's not the right question. No, it's not, no, no it's, a, it's a solution looking for a problem. Yeah, yeah, it goes. It's got to come. It's got to be. What What are the biggest blockers to your organisation surviving today and thriving tomorrow? I mean, uh, the the one thing that is heartening, I, I think, Simon, over the last um, um, 10, 11, 12 months, depending on where you are in the world, is that L and D has been very quick to align itself to the biggest priorities of the organization, whether it is with the transition to remote working, what comes with that is the remote leadership. Uh, there's something around employee well-being. We're trying to manage pressures and stuff. Those, some of those are, are, are the biggest problems that an organization would then be facing. But we've got to stay aligned and stop then looking and thinking, okay, so we've done that stuff. When do we do purpose-driven leadership? You go, <laughs> where did that, be careful again it's a, a really good point I, I think the last you know bringing it back into today the last year 9 10 11 12 months have really challenged some learning teams from what i've seen some hr directors from who i've spoken to businesses in what are we really doing to help our people right yeah now there is a really fine line as i've said between the business in its entirety as, a, as an organism has a view and an individual because every individual circumstances are now different and, mm. and everybody's got a different COVID story to tell and, and will do yeah. for a number of months to come. However, <laughs> however, if you want your business to survive, we know all the data is telling us, it's told us for a long time, back to economic, what I said right at the start, there is a big skills gap. Mm -hmm. It is growing. We are not closing it fast enough technology is moving faster 
right? Big gets bigger. Really, you cannot compare yourself to Amazon. That's why I do that tongue-in-cheek joke. Nobody can compare themselves to Amazon because there isn't enough, maybe Alibaba, right? But there isn't another one. There isn't another one. You cannot recruit people like they recruit people. You probably can't skill people in the way they do. Guess what one of their biggest challenges is? Mm. Having people skilled on Amazon Web Services. What have they done? They've given it to the channel. They've said it's not our problem, right? You want to sell our product, service, solution, Mm. Amazon Web Services, you have to have these people skilled in this way. I know because I had to do that for thousands of engineers, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's really, that was a real, real hot topic. You want to sell our product, do it this way, right? Yeah. Finding the hot problem, finding the critical exam question, addressing it with the right solution. Don't, don't get sucked into shiny, bright lights, different yeah. system, catalog technology there's a lot again we could bury people in data there's great data about the start of lockdown globally how people like udemy coursera their usage went through the roof mm. through the roof not not through business personal because yeah. people went well i got some time i will look at something like this i will look at another egg. great right brilliant brilliant but to me to me that's just proof that people are smart and are motivated <laughs> mm when there is a need and, and or match desire yeah. to fulfill that need and they'll go off and do it. Nobody told people that to do that stuff. They're all on furlough. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to be working, right? What was your learning team doing then? Yeah. Yeah. Not Yeah. Probably, probably stating that, uh, that the culture wasn't ready for, uh, for, for those type of solutions. So, so we've, I mean, I hope that, uh, that the listeners heard that, that there are huge opportunities in here uh, for learning and development, the, the need for our function is tantamount. I mean, if we are if we are going to actually address these skills gaps, then somebody, as we've mentioned earlier, has got to take ownership of this. But what's the risk of doing nothing, uh, or or L and D continuing to over rely on platforms and content uh, and dropping those uh, onto unsuspected audiences um, and expecting them to make the difference? What's what's the risk to us? Yeah, we, we're going to get with it. If we continue in this kind of vein, uh, yeah, and again, you know, we are broad brush, broad brush strokes across our, our industry. If we continue in this vein of saying, you know, here's a new system, here's a load more stuff, here's a thousand yeah. things you could learn, you, you're just going to make yourself redundant. I, I, yeah. You know, I mean that kind of in the loosest sense. You, you're not going to be a value to your organisation. And I feel as the world turns, you know, I probably sound really commercial, but guess what, right? <laughs> That pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> that keeps the lights on. That keeps people in work, right? Mm. And, and I'm not being harsh or critical, but it's not going to address your skills gap. I, you know, I, I've got a really simple thing, and apologies if I've said it before. You know, if I was to come into any organisation and say, right, let's have a look at your L&D spend, right? Don't mm. tell me what you do. It's all white label. I'll look at your L&D spend, and I'll roughly, I'll be able to work out what you do, what your strategy, that that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. It doesn't look like that, though, does it? Because the macro numbers go, well, we spend billions on leadership. I'm like, we're not all leadership consultants, right? So no, that's right, yeah. Well, I, I don't understand, right? Get your spend right, get it aligned to your strategy, or somebody else will. You know, that might sound scary, mm. but that's a very real probability. And at the other end of the spectrum, you've got your business won't be around in two, three I'm probably being really kind. Five years' time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is dangerous. 
Um, okay, Simon. Um, look, there's plenty for people to uh, to be reading and, um, uh, and and following up in terms of the reports we've had, and we'll put those in the show notes. So, if people wish to follow your work and connect with you, how can they do so? Uh, they can hunt me down <laughs> <laughs> on LinkedIn, or uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a watcher on Twitter at the moment, Simon One Gibson. But uh, yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn and, and connect, and happy to chat and share and and, and talk further, as I've said. Wonderful. Okay, Simon, um, thank you very much. As I said, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, but all to say is thank you very much for being a guest on the Learning and Development Podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thanks all. For organisational development to be called out as one of the four major skills gaps is damning on our profession. We cannot rely on vendors to sell us platforms and content packages to address very real and very urgent skills gaps. We must invest in our capabilities to both analyse and address real needs with relevant approaches. There's no shortcut to this and we all need to step up urgently. If you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps to suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, you can tweet me at David in Learning and connect on LinkedIn for which you'll find the links in the show notes. And goodbye for now.